Uh, if you want to catch us on the web, we are at Battle Planet. Oh. Oh, we could try that one again. Uh, I bleeped. Tonight, we're solving all of Star Trek's problems without using Michael Dorn or Cole Meany. It's Trexicles. Gage. Hey, everybody, it's Trexicles. I am your host, as ever. Uh, I'm Pat Ryan, for all of those who are, are not familiar with my pretty little voice. And over there in Internet land, I have the incorrigible Jake Fitzenreiter. Jake, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Can I, can I just say your introductions are just get better and better and better every <laughs> single week? You know, that, that I, was that's definitely one of your best efforts. We need to just record that and just play that exact same thing every <laughs> just, time, just on repeat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's become one of those things where it's like I'm trying to one up myself now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spend uh, very little time on show prep, and I spend hours thinking about what funny. Yeah, right. So. Well, it's, I, I you get more and more animated too. By the end of this, it's going to be just amazing, like Michael Buffer <laughs> style. Yeah. It's tracks Or I'm just going to get like super emotional and just be like screaming and laughing and crying all at <laughs> the same time. That would be fantastic, actually. Oh. If you start doing that, I'm just going to turn off my mic and I'll let you record the entire episode. <laughs> just an hour of me just, getting really excited about Star Trek. Yeah. You'll do like a Garfield minus Garfield thing where you keep asking questions to me and then pretending I respond. You know? <laughs> right, right, Jake? This is where I'm having a good time as well. I'm like, oh, host Jake. Jake. <laughs> Uh, Jake, Jake, Jake. Uh, a little Metal Gear Solid <laughs> reference for all you out there. Uh, Star Trek. So, so tonight we are not actually going to be watching an episode. We are going to be doing uh, a, a little segment that I have grown to absolutely love, and that is Treculations. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, sh- I should come up with a little theme for that just in and of itself, just so that can be a little bit more uh, exciting and epic. But, oh, um, I agree. I, well, we need to find a uh, like. You need to. You're pulling double duty here as like producer and uh, yeah. personality. We need to find someone to just sit in the corner and push buttons that and would then be make, really that, make great. them do all the dirty work and all the editing. Yeah, we need to get an intern. Yeah, uh, unpaid, unpaid well, intern. Of course, we. we it, I mean, what? Well, I'll, I'm totally fine with sharing eighty percent of the profits of this show okay. with an intern <laughs> right now. Right. <laughs> Once we start making money, it'll become uh, an unpaid internship. But as, yeah. as it stands right now with us making zero dollars, um, we can spare it. Yeah. Merchandising rice, even. There you go. Two points on the back end. Go for it. Uh, it, it I am actually talking to someone about Trexticles t-shirts. Uh, yeah. I, I There's a, a local designer who likes doing Fun things based on local artists. I'm one of those two things. I'm local, so yeah, we'll see how well, that you goes. Are, you are a thing, too. Yeah, that that is true. I am a thing, a force of nature, if you will. Um, Trexicles t-shirt seems like a great way uh, to make some money and then possibly get sued. Yeah, oh, but exactly. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, what we're doing tonight for the Treculation is we are going to... Uh, once again, put ourselves at the helm of our uh, fictional ship. Uh, with me, it's the Tickle Fingers. Uh, and Jake, what what's your ship name again? It was the uh, USS Goldblum. Ah, I remember. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So 
captains of the Tickle Fingers and the Gold Bloom uh, are <laughs> once again hopping at the controls, and we are posing situations to each other that have been in episodes of Star Trek, uh, and seeing what we would do the same or different, or just kind of getting a feel of how Jake and I would run a ship were we the captain of it, heaven forbid. So, um, yeah, I mean, is, is there anything that you want to bring up before before we get into it here? Well, uh, just the fact that I think it's just an amazing testament to our uh, egoism or egotism, I'm not sure, mm. one of those words, that every time we think about, oh, what, you know, wh- where would our place in this universe be? I was like, oh, we're definitely captains. an extremely powerful space captain. Yeah, yes. of course. Mm. Yeah. None of us are red shirts or, I mean, we're too good to even be like helmsmen, oh, clearly. N- yeah, no, I mean... Uh, I, the only thing I would be okay with is if I were a, like the yeoman, cause the yeoman tend to be really attractive, and I, I find myself to be such. So, right. so, you, uh, so you want to be a hot blonde chick? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably be a step up, no offense. Yeah, none taken. Yeah. Uh, so. It definitely gets more listeners, that's for sure. Absolutely. That's, we need to start getting, uh, some ladies on the show. I, I do know a couple of, uh, attractive women that actually like Star Trek. I, I even told you, uh, last week that I was talking to this pretty lady who was also a doctor that was talking mm-hmm. some Trek with me, which I was very surprised at. Wow, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. And she seems like she's way too good of a person to be involved with people like us. Absolutely. It can't, can't hurt to try though. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll send out some emails. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So, uh, Captain Jake Fitzenreiter, uh, yes. of, of the, uh, United mm-hmm. Spaceship Gold Bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, hyphen 1337. Right. Call that it, right. Uh, so now, and I've got this all written down on my fancy um, notebook paper here. Uh, you have, after one hell of a fistfight, subdued and sedated Khan Noonien Singh. Your ship can repair itself at the cost of destroying Singh's ship. That mm-hmm. being said, the idea has been brought to the table to strand him on one of the larger continents of SETI Alpha 5. Your chief science officer suggests that you take one of Khan's men to the sick bay and euthanize slash autopsy them. Your medical officer refuses as it breaks uh, Federation law, but you have a biologist and a veterinarian who can probably do the trick. Upon hearing this, one of Khan's men freaks out and offers to defect. Uh, following that, tactical suggests that you beam them back to their ship and then torpedo them straight to hell. Mm. What's your move, Captain? Uh, uh, pawn to Queen Four. Um, <laughs> I, I have. That is, and this is why this this whole uh, idea. I had this idea. I'm to blame for this. Okay. That. Um, no, I mean the idea for this episode. Oh yeah, this, it just, this you know, it's like all of a sudden you. you realize, like, even just in this theoretical situation, all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, this is hard. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I don't know. I know this is sort of space seed i'm not sure exactly yeah which you know what aspects were actually in the episode or not Mm -hmm. um i guess this is where it becomes interesting i don't know the weird thing is i don't have a first instinct which probably initially means that i would never actually get to the rank of captain (laughs) in this universe but well neither of us really right so okay now i have to pose questions to you fire and you have all right so, now, we can repair the ship at the cost of theirs, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and what 
is our end game if we do not repair our ship? Is there is it going to just take longer, or are we absolutely stranded? You're not stranded. You just like you need to repair your ship. You're a little ways out. I mean, if if you were calling Spacey, they were they were a little bit further out, and you know, had their ship been taken over, it's not like the Federation would have gotten to them in time. So, um, you know, if if you've got them by the balls, it's like you're gonna be okay. Mm. This is more like. Do you kind of do the the live and let live thing and just be like, oh, hey, you guys go off, or you can be like, well, you guys attacked us, so we're taking your ship. Mm-hmm. See, the weird thing is my, uh, and I'm sure there probably would be a reason that this is not feasible. Yeah. But my my first thought would clearly be to uh, do everything I could to basically subdue that ship. Yeah. And see, and I doubt that there's probably enough room on the ship, but to take them, not as necessarily prisoners, but protective mm. custody, we'll say. And <laughs> nice. then, um, basically blow the hell out of their ship to fix ours and yeah. then, uh, take them back and, uh, see what happens. Put them through the, the system, as it were. But I'm assuming that there's a reason that that's not going to work. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> If if you recall, Connie and Connie and Singian, Con said that he would rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. So true. you're you're opening yourself up for another attack. Right, that's true, and I, I guess that comes down to how dangerous we actually think they are. Yeah. So um, now I didn't I didn't set this up where there's a, a right and wrong answer. Well, of course not. So I, I, I there's that. no there's no winning or losing here. You can mm-hmm. you can kill them all. You can just because I, I I posed this to to some of my friends and they're just like, yep, fuck up their ship, kill them all, blow them out the airlock. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's I mean that seems like a not necessarily a bad call. Uh, perhaps maybe beyond that, mm-hmm. and this would be something. Uh, it's not quite as uh, compassionate, but still sort of risky. It would be too. Go ahead and maroon Khan, and then take his crew back in custody. You know, okay. in the sense that because it's one of those things that I, I mean, morally speaking, obviously there's the whole, you know, oh the soldiers were just doing their jobs, you know, thing that kind of doesn't hold water. But yeah, and you know, in another sense, it is true they were following this guy that sort of gave them hope, and he turned into an asshole. But there might be people in there that aren't, you know, that are the sort of people, despite their strangeness, might be yeah. willing to uh, come on and not necessarily not. We don't have to slice them open to figure out what is going on. They might be willingly submit to tests and sort of, you know, be willing to work into society again, the society that exiled them forever ago. But they might be willing to, you know, see if they can work their way back in because. They just saw that they're, you know, the leader that they sort of exalted and loved and trusted just got his ass kicked by, a, <laughs> you know, by me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, would you go directly for the person who offered to defect or or would you put a lot of your time and effort into being like, hey, guys, we can we can work together sort of mm-hmm. thing? Well, or, I think I guess. So my final answer at this point, mm-hmm. Regis, would be <laughs> that I would uh, give the offer reference. I would say that basically the ship is go- their ship's going to be destroyed. Okay, so you're you're going to take the parts of, of their ship to repair yours. Right. Okay. It's going to be destroyed. It's not going to work. We can, and I'll, I'll pose the question to all of them. Basically, we will take you uh, onto our ship. 
not as friends. You know, we're not going to just Obviously, let you yeah. join right away. But you know, we'll take you as, you know, like I said, into custody, take you back, and um, have the system deal with you back home. Yeah. Or we also will give you the opportunity. We're we're going to put Khan on study Alpha five six five five. Okay. And we're going to do that. And anyone who wants to stay with him and still follow him, mm. they have that freedom of choice. Or if for some reason they hate their society so much or whatever and they want to just stay on board and um, sacrifice themselves or whatever, then they can do that too. And so you're not really leaving any space for like taking them back to the Federation and letting them stand trial? Well, that no, that's what I'm saying. For the people, oh, okay, the people okay. that want that choose that voluntarily. Oh, you were saying put them through the system, as in not not as in join the crew, but as right. in submit yourselves to. Uh, I mean, because because they're offset by about two hundred years, and be like, mm-hmm. here's the current laws. You can you know uh, do your time, do your public service or whatever, and mm-hmm. then we'll see what we can do about integrating you into modern society. Right, and that's another thing. Okay, they obviously. Uh, their whole impetus for the whole idea was that they were very, uh, you know, there was the conflict between what was at that point modern society and them. Yeah. They were a ruling class, sort of, but then, you know, all that. But it has been hundreds of years. And I think that, you know, plenty of these people would be like, okay, well, uh, let's see what can happen. You know, I'm sure that the Federation wouldn't just, you know, blanketly just tell them all that they were no. sentenced them to death. I'm sure there'd be room for you know, working their way up possibly through the ranks or amnesty or possibly setting up their own colonies or something like that, you know. And I would figure if they did go through the court system, they would e- they would be able to, I would say, reasonably plead, um, not necessarily insanity, mm. but, you know, their, their culture has changed so much since 1996. Right. That, um... They okay. were still on AOL 2.5. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, but back, back when Hanson roamed the earth. Yeah, remember AOL Kid Zone when it was like all colors and shit? Oh god, that was I don't. fucking. Oh, I used to think that was the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> but no, like Anyways, they, they would be yeah, able that, to. That's sort of my idea. Okay, right. and so now with Khan, you're letting him live, but you're gonna throw him on SETI Alpha Five. Right. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's is a certain. And this is tough because this is obviously some, a position that a Kirk or Picard has been in tons of times that Absolutely. I never have. Yeah. But I still think there is that sort of general idea that life, even a pretty shitty life, yeah, it's you know, is better worth, than killing him. Right. Just in general, I'm. I mean, that carries over in the real world. I'm not a death penalty fan. Oh sure. Or for moral and economic reasons, but that's a whole different story. Right. But so, I just think in general, it's and also it's kind of a. I don't know. I don't know. There just seems like that bit of compassion. Yeah. It seems like what I would want to do. I wouldn't want to, you know, no matter what somebody did, I wouldn't want to just be like, oh, okay, we can kill them, even if I know that they deserved it. Absolutely. And and I think it's cool. And this is sort of a thing where it's not like, oh, we'll we'll just throw them in prison. Right. And there's the risk of getting out or getting out on parole. This is marooning them on a planet. So you know that no matter whatever happens in the history of anything that you will never run into him and he will never cause problems again. Right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Naturally. So that, that definitely, you know, shapes my decision. Yeah. And that, that was something I was going to bring up is basically you're, you're setting yourself up, um, for the rather con. Con. Yes, I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you would, um, 
Obviously, I do not know this. No, 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 no. Sadly. But I, uh, in many ways, I kind of agree with you. I, I like that you stuck to, um, pretty much sticking to Federation law. Mm-hmm. Like you, you decided not to walk in any of the moral gray areas with this. Right. And, uh, at the same time, you did still like the, the roguish, very Kirk move of being like, yeah, we're just going to leave him on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so that that was uh, interesting. I, this you like th- well, not at all what I, I thought I, you were going to respond. Pretty much with. did what Kirk did. To yeah, be honest, but yeah, and I see. I don't know. In my situation, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of turn the the spotlight on myself on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I'd play things a little bit differently. All right. I, I against all better judgment, and I know I would hate myself for the rest of my life. I would probably uh maroon Khan and mm-hmm. most of his men. Right. Uh I would accept anybody who wanted to defect to the bridge crew. I would I would take on the the one person who said that they would want to join up. Mm-hmm. Uh study them and then I would probably autopsy uh a member of his crew. Right. I know that's like super fucked up to say. Well, yeah, but, but I... if you're in if you're thinking like a warlike situation what mm-hmm. I would use that as, um, I would send to SETI Alpha 5 evidence that I now understand their biology, their strengths, their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And kind of neutralize the problem from that angle and right. be like, look, we, we know, like, again, strengths, weaknesses, anything that could be useful. Mm-hmm. Don't cross the Federation a second time. Right. And so. Well, uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that would, uh, I guess that's why they called it a space seed. I'm not sure what sort of seed that would plant in their head is like, we have to become stronger to overcome this enemy that knows our weakness. Or right. if they would back off, because Khan was fucking crazy. Like, mm-hmm. by the time you get to him in Wrath of Khan, he is gone absolutely bonkers. I mean, he was oh, he's nuts completely in me- space He's seed. completely mental. Have you seen those pecs? Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Dude works out. Crazy works out. Um... But yeah, and so I'm not sure if that would come back to bite me in the ass, but if I'm speaking honestly, I think I would try to do a little bit more investigation into how they were genetically engineered right. and and what that could mean by having this hard copy that I could also pass on to Federation scientists mm-hmm. and be like, here, here's some new stuff. Here's uh some things from the eugenics war that may be a little bit taboo but could still be useful. Right. The, so, oh, well, the only risk there is a risk that I'm taking on because, uh, I mean, I'm taking on the same risk by allowing anyone who wants to, not necessarily defect, but no, anyone but, who doesn't want, who wants to opt to come with us, or I guess you can say defect, to allow that because, yeah, you know, we don't necessarily have to kill one of them in order to be able to study them, and eventually one of them is going to die anyway. Sure. You know, but <laughs> so I was thinking that we can probably have play that the old might, waiting game. Right. It might take a while, but, eh. you know, you might be able to convince one of them to willingly, you know, say when they're on their deathbed, be like, OK, you can do your just thing. like put me under and see what whatever you can discover. Well, I mean, we as humans do that regular, excuse me, regularly anyways with uh, mm-hmm. donating our bodies to science, not necessarily oh, yeah. while we're still alive, because I think that's still illegal. Probably. But I mean, if I were a vegetable. Mm. I wish I could you write it in my will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, 
you know, if, if I were in a vegetative state and I, my brain was not going to be coming back to, to life for any reason, I would say, you know what, go ahead and, and keep the organs moving and, and see what you can discover about my condition or, or the human, uh, biology while it's still running. I don't feel like that'd right. be inhumane because once my brain's gone, whatever. Like, You're pretty much gone too. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, that's, that's a really interesting point that you brought up by just saying like, you know, once one of them is infirm in one way or another to a point where they can um, reasonably and willingly say, yeah, go ahead and, and cut me up. Mm. That could be, damn, dude, you're a good diplomat. Yes, the prob- no, the, the problem, though, is that, uh, and this is probably why, you know, both of our situations wouldn't quite fly in as far as bringing people back and studying them. Sure. Because that... Uh, there's just, especially back then in the 60s when TOS was on, mm-hmm. but still to this day, I mean, you know, for the longest time, the idea of eugenics was very, you know, um, not, I won't say noble, but it was, you know, the intelligent pursuit of how can we better our species. Yeah. And then Hitler came around, <laughs> kind of ruined it for everybody. <laughs> well, but thanks, I think, Hitler. I think part of the part of the problem that would have in that universe is at least and probably the reason why this sort of thing didn't happen is mm. because everyone's like oh shit what happens if we do unlock some information about genetic engineering and all this shit that we didn't have before you know can yeah. we be trusted with that power and that information again you know yeah. is that going to open the door to and what happens if some of these people that are you know the ubermenches come back and start, you know, breeding with the normal population. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I still think it, you know, now, in, um, my, in the, the past 15 minutes, I've decided that this is clearly the best way to save the world. But, yeah. And, and I mean, I don't disagree with, I mean, I'm, I'm admitting I would do it differently. And mm-hmm. again, admittedly, it'd be kind of shitty the way I do it. Um, well, but not, your way is illogical. really diplomatic and really like well thought out where I'm just like, Hey, we can use this as a bargaining chip to tell them not to fuck with us anymore. Right. Mm. So. Well, that's... I think, but I think the idea. I well, I think it's just funny. I've always thought this was amazing that they, uh, that the original episode that Khan appeared is Space Seed, yeah, which makes a lot of sense based on the plot. Mm-hmm. But then the resolution of Space Seed is just planting the seed for another just wacky, crazy, insane adventure as well. It's like, yeah. Like they keep building on this idea that you know, and you know that's something uh, completely you know does that basically follows the same pattern twice, you know. And I was uh, a couple weeks ago I rewatched Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. and uh, by the way that movie holds up so well. Oh. That is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was I watching actually, it, sorry to interrupt. Oh, I, ahead, mean, I actually enjoyed that movie before I even really watched. TOS or anything like that at all. Well, honestly, I was it's really a, a Star great Trek fan, sci-fi movie. I saw movie. when I was younger, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's really good as a standalone. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, what I wouldn't mind seeing, and I, I was thinking about this as I was watching it, is uh, cut out all the stuff where they're like, oh, we're taking on people to train, and that not it fun because we've got young people on the ship now, and we're all old. Like, cut out all that shit and just be <laughs> like, um, if they could have just placed it in uh, TOS, say, like, year four. I mean, obviously, they didn't have the the opportunity to do that, but it would be really fun to have that as like a two or three part series, having right. Khan come back not when he's 150 
you know, years. Well, actually, he'd be like 270-something. But, yeah, have him come back. uh, Not so much further away, but have it be like, look, this guy's determined. Mm-hmm. And and you could have turned both Star Trek two and three into a, a solid season of TV. Oh yeah, but at that time and they didn't do overarching plots. It would have been interesting to because he would have you know to see him evolve as a uh, you know not a primary antagonist but a recurring one. Yeah, and we didn't, didn't get a lot of that. We had no. uh, Harry Mudd. Yeah, and it, he's barely he barely counts. I love Harry Mudd. That is that is one thing I never really thought about. Or at least I probably thought about, never articulated on, you know, about until now is mm-hmm. that TOS is a really one of the few, and it probably just a sign of the times that it was made. But there is no real main antagonist. I mean, you have the no. Klingons, sort of. Yeah, I mean, of. they're. I mean, it doesn't uh, quite count, you know. And you're right; they show up two or three times, but it, it's mm. never. I don't know. Yeah, you just never get the feeling of like, oh, this is. This is our Lex Luthor. This is our yeah. Darth Vader. Like they're, they're not the bad guys. They're the Soviets. Yeah. You know, they're like the we don't trust them. We don't agree with a lot of what they're doing. But you know, th- that doesn't mean that we can't sit down and discuss things. And that there's you know, yeah. Like, there's I, no main villain. And I mean, no. Later and, on um, in TOS, you have obviously the Borg play that role. Yeah, TNG had a solid bad guy. Voyager. Or TNG, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, um, Voyager. It was the same bad guy. They also had the Borg. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Like, I think Star Trek is due for a new type of bad guy. A new... And, and maybe Abrams will do that and not just... I've got a feeling Klingons are going to come to the forefront because they've already admitted that Klingons, Klingons, uh, Klingons are going to be in the next movie. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I feel like we could deal with a new race or a new something. Nero was a good start... Right, but he wasn't like he's not going to come back. Mm. So I, I'm thinking a bad guy that gets away. And I think we're we're due for a new because this seems to be the Star Trek trend mm-hmm. we were talking about before. Uh, we're, I think we started talking about when we were talking about the, that Enterprise uh, episode. But the, we're about due for the introduction of a new race that is completely one dimensional and emotionally sta- unstable at all times. Oh sure, that's what we need. What's not we, fun we about like having the, that? The, the Triclumenians who are you know. <laughs> Highly intelligent, except they just, you know, they despise. I'm writing like, that down, by the way. Triclumenians. <laughs> That's a good word. Actually. Yeah. You know, it's got to be something stupid. Like they're just, uh, you know, they either revere or absolutely despise one single trait, you know. About like humanity specifically. Have, right. The Vulcans have logic. Logic is everything. The Klingons yeah. have like honor and war, you know, like. We just need to pick one trait. Like they really, really hate love or something. <laughs> like something, you know, like just. Because I, I was a, uh, I think sorry. It was actually, I only uh, have room for love on the USS Ticklefingers. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that is disturbing. Yep. As hell. Uh. Oh, but, um, but uh, something else I want to bring up is a lot of interesting um, moral and um, you know kind of stuff that that tests the moxie, the chutzpah of a captain. There's a comic series, and I, I recently went back and, and reread it, and it takes place in at some point in TOS, um, mm. where uh, like uh, Kirk and Spock and Bones are all still younger than they were in the movie series. Um, it's called Burden of Knowledge, 
It just became available, uh, or maybe it's been on there for a while. I just noticed it on the Comixology app. So anybody right. that has a, a smartphone or a tablet or, or just wants to read it online, it's pretty cheap. I think it's like two bucks an issue, and it's a four-issue miniseries. But it's and about anyone who doesn't have a smartphone or a tablet, just get with the fucking program. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but um, it's about uh, Spock and Kirk and McCoy. I. Uh, Checking out three different races to see if they're ready to become members, <clears throat> voice crack, uh, members of the Federation. And mm-hmm. so you get into all of these moral decisions. Like there's a race that has the ability to completely cure everything or, mm-hmm. you know, replace whole limbs on almost every race. Right. You find out how, and then that becomes like, you know, Kirk and Spock are talking it through, and and Spock's like, "Yeah, this is completely logical," and Kirk's like, "No, this is horrible." Mm-hmm. And so that series is is very much. And, and Jake, I, I would love for you to read this and give me your opinions on it because it's really interesting and it gets into a lot of that stuff that we talk about, where it's these moral decisions that are so gray. Mm-hmm. And this this really puts the puts it right under the magnifying glass. So. Mm-hmm. Anybody well, that, out is, there. that is one of the greatest things about Star Trek is how they're able to do that because, you know, I love I've loved all the old philosophers, uh, you know, moral quandary, moral experiment things. But yeah. it's like there's only so much. There's a certain uh, level of that mm. that this sounds absolutely ridiculously dorky to say, but there is a certain level of that that only science fiction can provide because you're actually dealing with the fate of entire worlds or entire species, yeah. I mean, entire ecosystems, entire cultures, you know, much more on a much more macro scale. Oh yeah. And, you know, and it's just makes a lot more sense that way. But, um, you know, like you're talking about where they can cure all known diseases. Like really, you know, we're not, we're probably not going to stumble into that somewhere in the, you know, yeah. an island off the coast of Africa. We're not going to stumble into some tribe that can cure every disease. But at what cost? You know? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what's fun about futuristic space stuff is like, right, like exactly. you were just pointing out. I mean, you can have a planet that has anything. You can have a planet mm. full of Nazis. Right. And, and TOS showed us exactly that. <laughs> so anyway, back on topic here. Um, I think it's, I think it's about my turn, isn't it? Well, let's, yeah. Let's do this. Uh, okay. So, uh, all right. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, Captain's log. Uh, start date. Uh, this is Mark IV. <laughs> Supplemental. Uh, Captain Patrick J. Ryan of the USS Ticklefingers, um, mm. reporting in. Okay. Well, um, so a little bit of backstory. You have, uh, had a few run-ins in the past with a being mm-hmm. that you don't know exactly what he's capable of, but what appears to be, at least to humans, more or less omnipotence. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll just call him hypothetically just one, like a, uh, like a single letter. Like okay. A, yeah, one letter. Okay. okay. And, um, generally, even though he's been antagonistic towards you, mm-hmm. he, uh, you might say that in general, even though he causes a lot of trouble and headaches, he's not, doesn't necessarily seem like a bad He's person. not absolute evil, maybe just a little yes. bit, uh, troublesome. Yes, mischievous. Okay. Okay. Um, Anyway, this is this just let's just drop this. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. I like the joke at first, but I can't keep this going. That's fine. Um, So Q 
hops up. Well, mm-hmm. basically, you are driving your little tickle fingers along, just chilling. <laughs> sure. And there's a distress call. Just riding dirty in my rip. tickle fingers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't think about it. That one. <laughs> uh, so, your tickle fingers passes a planet that gives you a distress call. Okay. Um, and by the way, for listeners, this is ripped nearly directly from an episode. Um, we get a distress call that says that their moon has strangely um, and inexplicably started to mess up its orbit, and they believe that it's going to be headed directly into the planet, which could cause not necessarily it wouldn't wipe out the race necessarily, but it's catastrophe at best. Yeah, bad you know, weather could could be the end. And um, as you're trying to figure out what you're possibly going to do, and they're begging for your help, mm-hmm. all of a sudden this uh, cue just pops in. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, obviously, you blame him. You think, well, what's he doing? He's toying with us. He's playing some game. He's doing this crap again. Coincidence and, is just a little bit too coincidental. Exactly. Okay. And he claims, just like he does in Deja Q, that he is not a member of the Q Continuum anymore. He is powerless. He's 100% a human. Okay. And he's just asking you for sanctuary. So this is your first, I kind of wrote this like the old choose your own adventures, you know, okay. or, or for our dorkier readers, the lone wolf series. Uh, if, I remember if, those cause you loaned a bunch to me. Hell yes. If anyone actually remembers lone wolf, just please email me cause they're <laughs> awesome. And I've met like three people that know what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, so this is your first sort of decision. Okay. So he, he says you believe firmly, okay. not a hundred percent, but yeah. firmly, obviously, that he's probably behind this, yeah. behind the the catastrophe that may be happening, sure, and the panic that is happening, mm-hmm. and he claims that he has no powers. What's your first move? He's asking. All he's asking for is, uh, at first, he wants to be a member of the crew, but all he's really asking for is sanctuary. Okay. Uh, first things first. Full medical examination. Right. Good call. That's almost. They, that's almost what they do, actually. Right. Uh, so, but. Now, he asks you, what can I do to prove to you that I don't have the powers that I'm human? And Worf, which is in my favorite Worf, die. says die. Right. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's but, one, of, the, one uh, of my favorite lines from TNG. But short of that, um, basically, what's your move there? So the full medical exam plus, um, let's say that you do a medical look up, workup and mm-hmm. he appears to be human. Uh, Counselor Troy says that she senses human emotions okay. about him being scared, terrified even. and um, That's funny. I was thinking about, like, do I have a Betazoid nearby? <laughs> right. Well, you do. And she okay. says that uh, the emotions she senses from him would be... Like you know, what you terrified. would imagine a human to have. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, then the medical... We'll say the medical scan turns up as he's as human as we know. But we also know that he probably has the power to do this to us as well. Okay. Um, I, I suppose I ask how he lost the powers. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, of course. Yeah, and then, but then he basically says, "Well, you've met me before, right?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's just causing trouble, so they say they threw him out of the the Q continuum, okay. threw him out because yeah, he's yeah, causing yeah. trouble throughout the universe. Uh, I suppose I would ask him what he's afraid of. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not going to tell you that he's afraid of anything. Uh. But the move is basically what's your, not long-term, but your more long-term plan here. He's got a planet with the moon spiraling down. You've got him saying that he's not behind it, and he has no powers. And well, he just if wants he's to. not behind it, what can he do me? 
<laughs> if you're not behind it, then sir, you have to do me. Uh, <laughs> what? What? Can turning you... very quickly into fan fiction. Well, like you write it down, boys and girls. Uh, Captain Pat Ryan on the tickle fingers with Q. Um, <laughs> ask him what can you do to assist me. Right. Like well, he must have said, a base of knowledge. He he was damn near omnipotent. What does he know? What sort of technical knowledge can he mm-hmm. provide to me to aid in this situation? Right. And he basically says he's willing to help because even though he doesn't have his powers, mm-hmm. he as they find out later, he yeah. claims to have an IQ of 2005 and he can definitely help you. Yeah. But um again, the question is what do you do? Because you think he actually may still have the powers. Uh, you and, know what? This but he is... says that even if he doesn't, he's smart enough to help. Yeah. But do you trust him enough to actually provide his input? Uh, um, do you think you're just playing into his game? Or well, are you starting to thing. willing to, to actually believe that maybe he's telling the truth? Even with Q, as much as I don't trust him, he's not mm-hmm. a bad guy. He's a pain right. in the ass, but he's not a bad guy. This mm-hmm. is a planet that could suffer... I mean, any loss of life is, is damn near unacceptable, even if it is unavoidable. So I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, go all in and say, you know what? You can help. You can join the crew. We'll talk about the, the details of it later. But if you can help me out, you will earn your way onto the, onto the crew. All right. Well, you are apparently more trusting than Captain Picard. Yep. Which, actually, I would probably do the same because they don't really... I would probably... My personal take on it is if he is, if he's not behind it... He's probably your best asset. Yeah. If he is behind it, you have to play his game. Right. You know, there's no other option, so you might as well. And just if let it, it means, you know, I can save the lives of this planet, that their moon is just like a moon's pretty important. So I mean, it. I I would just have to take a risk and say like, yeah, if this can help me save lives, I'm willing to do it. Right. Well, I like that. That'd probably be similarly similar to what I would do. Speaking okay. of moon being important, I don't know. Tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't, can't explain, explain it. it. No. Okay, so you decide that you're going to let him help. Yeah. He starts helping. He's kind of a dick, mm-hmm. but you could tell even though he's being a dick and no one likes him, he's giving you some useful insight um, occasionally. Sure. yeah. And giving you some ideas on how you might be able to um, handle this. And as he's doing this, uh, you're realizing the situation is a little harder as far as the catastrophe, the moon is a little harder than you thought, but he's helping, yeah, making you see that maybe it is possible to actually save them without his powers. Okay. But during this time, he's wandering around. Um, specifically in the actual episode, he goes to ten forward, gets stabbed in the hand with a fork, which is awesome. <laughs> but uh, basically, a, a series of things happen, and then eventually, some strange energy basically hunts him down, and uh, looks like it's either attacking him or probing him or something, and mm-hmm. eventually he falls, collapses to the ground, you take him to medical, and he explains that it was a race called the Calamarain that they say he says has a grudge against him. And you obviously believe that it's because he deserves it, Yeah, but um, you don't know the extent of it. He won't really explain it. Right. And um, so now you're forced to believe that he probably is telling the truth, or he's just very, very committed to the lie. Yeah. That he may be powerless, but now you have to deal with the fact that you have this sort of vague race of powerful entities that are trying to kill him. And he's asking you, no longer is he saying, I really want to be a member of the crew. He's saying, I need sanctuary because I need protection. Okay. Now what do you do? Uh, I would say, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to excuse him from any hand of any law. He can have sanctuary. Uh, We will 
will try to make contact with the race that's tracking him down and get their side of the story. Right. Um, Sadly, um, that does not work. You can, because you're unfamiliar with the race, they, you can tell that they're intelligent, but you yeah. have no real means of communication. Okay. Um, jeez. Oh, I mean, I'm not just going to turn him over. I mean, right. I, I don't like that's him. First, that's but, probably the first thought, but. Yeah. Um, uh, does he know any means of communication with them or is it just like, oh, they're out to get me, they're out to get me and nothing, no real information on it? You just brought up probably my least favorite point in the actual episode. Mm-hmm. Because he claims to, even though he doesn't have his powers anymore, he claims to have this knowledge of, you know, this great knowledge, and he demonstrates it. Yeah. But they sort of hand wave that, oh, we can't communicate with them. And he says he knows exactly who they are, what they're capable of, what all that. Yeah. But they don't even ask, like, well, can you help us communicate? Yeah. You know? Which, I mean, maybe that's his own self-servingness, because you would probably just negotiate a hostage exchange. Like, yeah, don't and, hurt us for him. And that's you know. the sort of thing, like, if they're after him because they want to kill him, then I will provide protection. If they're right. saying, we're we're coming to take him to some some form of court of law, some sort of right. uh, elected official that can, uh, you know, pass judgment on him for whatever crimes he may or may not have committed, um, I would prefer that method. Because right. I... Accuse one of those people that he's so tough to deal with that the only way you can do it is by trying to put him through the proper channels. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never going to work, right? But you also can't you can't really beat him. He's, no. Well, at this point, you at think this point, you can. can. But at the same time, I don't want to. Yeah, and it's not not even necessarily kicking him while he's down. I just like the whole situation is such a. A deviation from from what I'm used to seeing when Q comes into or, or on on board my ship, right? That it's just like, ugh. And also remember, this is the important part. Yeah. No matter what you feel your obligation is to his life, mm-hmm. and that's what that's probably the, one of the major moral things, and you know gets brought up a lot with you know unpopular or formerly evil characters that yeah. you know end up getting granted protection because they're considered. You know, wor- a sentient being worth worth its while. You have to also remember that Q might be, uh, if he does have his powers, he might be your only hope to save the planet. If he doesn't, he right. still might. He's way beyond. He's already pretty much explained different methods that may work. He's might, I won't say your only hope, but he increases your chances of saving the planet drastically yeah. by leaving, being alive and being on your ship. Now, um, how are how are the uh how is this race appearing at the moment? Um well it was just basically is it just a cloud do I see? Yeah, oh. a cloud of okay. spatial anomaly Tecron Tecronatana yeah. nation. <laughs> yeah. Uh will raising my shields do anything? Uh well that's what we're about to come up to, your next little point here. Okay. Is that uh Q has helped you figure out a way that could theoretically work okay to uh help divert the moon here using his crazy space brain okay technical term by the way space <laughs> crazy brain. space brain mm-hmm. and uh so you start uh diverting all the ship's energy to trying to control this moon mm. and it starts you're not 100 percent sure but it starts looking like it's working okay the moon appears like it's going but slowly back to its normal or- orbit and you might be able to pull this off after all okay because what what I'm thinking right now is like, you know what, that problem can wait. 
Like we, I, I understand you guys are tracking down Q. Q has caused you some problems. What right. I'm dealing with right now is a planet very near destruction or, or at least significant catastrophe. So, mm. you know what? If, if they want to, if figure out a way to hail me, that's fine. I'm, I'm willing to talk, but you know, grownups are playing right now. Mm. So, um, or grownups are working or whatever. Uh, right. it's, it's, uh, it's always games and fun on the tickle fingers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just keep, I stay the course. I, um, I'm just, I would straight up ignore them until yeah. this problem is taken mm. care of. Right. And that's where, of course, and then there's the rub. I, Okay. And uh, and also remember that we don't, as much as the logical thing would be to just tell them, hey, chill, we got to save this planet, then yeah. we can deal with Q. Mm-hmm. We don't have a way to communicate with them, and Q's not helping in that regard. Right. So now in the middle of this procedure, all of a sudden you start getting attacked by the same thing that that the same sort of energy that attacked Q earlier. Sure. Um, and you divert some of the power from your little procedure to the shields. Uh, they manage to pierce your shields, not, you know, destroy them, but get through them after yeah. some effort. You know, you're able to protect yourself from them, but not, not particularly entirely, well, but, yeah. but, you know, reasonably. They're able to get through it with some expenditure on their part, and um, they start attacking Q again. Luckily, your uh, cheeky, white-faced android mm-hmm. that everyone keeps on manages to save Q's life and distract them until they have to withdraw. But um, basically, you know, Q's suffering, and you know this was like, yeah. a, a, you know, without a doubt, this was an attempt on his life. Yeah, and he could, he would have died if uh, your android friend didn't intervene. And you know that even if you have full shields, you're not going to be able to fully protect him. But any attempts to protect him preclude you from saving the planet. Mm-hmm. And you were able to buy enough time to t- to think about this again for a few hours, but. Now you realize that you have to make this choice because if you're going to pr- try to protect your ship and, while Q's on it from this race, you chances are you're Lose not going to be planet. able to perform this procedure. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so here's where it comes down to at what point do you fully believe that he's considered human and at what point do you believe that his uh, he gains full rights as a not necessarily a crew member but as a human being and, you know... Because there's a certain level of where you think he might be messing with you, where you're, yeah, you might be willing to be like, well, screw that. He can protect himself. Yeah. But once he becomes, once he becomes a human being that you granted sanctuary, you have that obligation, you know? Sure. But even if you have that obligation, what do you do about the planet that's in peril? Uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the Thank one. You. Right. So, True. um, honestly, I would, uh, damn it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, lower the shields, go for the moon. Okay. Yeah. You just let him die. If it means I can save a planet full of people, yes. Right. You have to also, sorry to burst your bubble on this, but you have to also consider the outside chance at this point that this is all his game and that by doing that, you either, you might win the game. Maybe he's, that, maybe that's what he wanted you to do. Yeah. Or that might be what pisses him off and he decides that's the final straw. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this could all be his plan and, by doing that, you're just going to anger him, and he's going to flip out and God do God knows what. That's, you know what? I'm I'm going to be an idealist. I don't care. I'm going right. to save I'm going to save that planet full of people. 
no matter what the cost to myself, no matter what the cost to him, there there's a planet full of people that needs help. I am, I, I'm like under charter of of the Federation of Planets. I have to save them. Right. So I no, mean, I, I would love to save him, but that's goal number one is saving a whole planet. All right. Well, uh, I definitely would agree with you on that point. Mm-hmm. But um, then here comes a uh, what? The little twist at the yeah. end, and this uh, is that now um, before you really decide that you still have your shields up, you haven't you haven't reached the last I haven't resort pulled the point trigger on for my planet. planet. Okay. Um, and you're still discussing this whether or not you should just give him up, let him die, or possibly surrender him to this Calamarans or whatever. All of a sudden, uh, you see that a shuttle is gone. When you scan it, it's him saying that he's delivering himself to the Calamarans. So at this point, you believe fully that he is human and he's on a suicide mission. Oh, to save my ship. To save your ship and let you save the planet and Uh he's sacrificing himself. At which point, not only do you believe he's human and deserves those rights, but you also realize, well, holy hell, you know, look what yeah. he's doing for the, you know, obviously he's not a complete dick. He's look what he's trying to sacrifice. Mm. And then the question just is, do you bother trying to get that shuttle back and beam him back and save him? Or do you just let him go? Obviously, based on your last answer, you'd probably just let him go. Uh, is it one or the other? Is it either go after Q and leave the planet or leave Q and go after? Or- well, no, it's just if you, if you bring him back, then... You just are in the same dilemma that you were before. What, with me not knowing if he's human or not? No, with him being on your ship. And you have to oh. either defend your ship or, or save the planet. So obviously you're just going to let him go, right? Uh, Yeah, if it comes down to a, a planet or, or one, like, I, I, I mean, I don't want him to die, but I also don't want potentially millions to. So right. I'm going to keep going after the planet. Well, and that's actually one thing that was, that, uh, for the, for the record, in the actual episode, Picard tries to beam him back, and uh, another member of the Continuum sees that Q is... You you finally figure out for 100% certainty that Q is human. Another member of the Continuum sees him doing this and says, well, hell, you're being selfless. You're doing a great thing. I can't, you know, yeah. I can't leave you stripped of your powers and let you die like this. Sure. So he gives him his powers back. He blocks the He blocks your attempt to save him. Or Picard's attempt to save him, mm-hmm. gets his powers back, and um, Q, you know, warps back, saves the planet, disappears, gives Riker some hookers. Everyone gets the cigar. <laughs> yeah, and he's he, for some reason, is in a mariachi band for a second, but that's cute, you know. Yeah, but that's actually one thing that I've always uh, see. Now, if I had the chance, I would I would say like try to lock, you know, lock the transporter on him. Or, well, that's what uh, they the, tried to do, and it failed just because... Because uh, it was blocked by the other members of the Continuum? Right, but it okay. also is blocked because of the shields are up, because you don't want to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But that's actually... I See, I actually more or less agree with you. I don't know if I'd actually have the balls to do it in practice, but I definitely agree with you, and this wait, is wait, one thing that which happens... Which part? Would, would you just, just keep Eventually, going when, it, when you're like, we have to give up this guy mm. to say... The entire world. Yeah, I'd be like, well, we have to do it. But that's one thing that Picard particularly just—he's a. Well, Picard always had balls. Like he—he was somebody that was like, and and that's kind of what I loved about Picard as captain is like they would be like, you give him this person up, you don't even like him. He'd be like, fuck you. No, right. Like, 
And mm-hmm. and that was always so much fun to watch. Is like he just he just balls of steel on him. Like and he never you would never show any doubt that he was having. I, I mean, they he had doubts about stuff, and they never made about any the, num- of- the number of lights, for instance. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're awful they're, lights. Yep, there are four. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of those things where it's like. He was not going, and well, I guess Janeway was like this too, mm. where it's like, here's my stance, here's the line. And, and that was something that was always so admirable. It's like, he, he wouldn't give up Q. He hated Q. Mm. But he wouldn't just be like, eh, we'll let him go. He could die. Right. Uh, that's, that's my like Picard that? impression, actually. That was brilliant. Thank actually. you. Thank you. Well, but this actually brings up an interesting, and I don't, I want to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about it too much, so I don't want to make this episode six hours long. But <laughs> Guys, this next part went on for like 30 fucking minutes, so we kind of decided to skip to the end. If you want to check us out on the web, we are at battleplanetpodcast.com slash trexticles. That's T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are trex- at sign at sign trexticles, T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. You can also find us on the iTunes store if you want to subscribe to us or load us into your favorite RSS reader or podcatcher. If you want to find me on uh, on the Twitters, I am at the Bad Pat Ryan. We also have an email address, trekskulls at gmail.com. And Jake, uh, what's your info? At Fitz and Toaster. Uh, that's F-I-T-Z-E-N-T-O-A-S-T-E-R. So, again, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Tell your friends about us. Uh, tell your enemies about us. We don't care. We'll take the the listenership at uh, any way you can give it to us. So, everybody, have yourselves a great week. We will see you next time when we talk about more Star Trek-y type, type stuff. Wow, I must be tired. So, everybody out there uh, in Internet land, live long and... Uh... Picturesque. Sure. Uh shit. <laughs> this was gonna, this was going to be the greatest part of the episode I, I can tell. Me.